Hello there. From Feels Like Friday Films and Radio Nowhere, this is Did You Hear This? With your hosts, Zach and Paul. Uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us once again. Uh, I'm Paul, and this is Zach. And welcome to the one-year anniversary episode of our little podcast, Did You Hear This? Did You Hear This? Yeah. yeah oh, it's I was to, a little late. Hard, hard, to, <laughs> hard to believe it's been a full year, huh, Zach? Yeah, a lot of ups, even more downs, I feel like. But uh, here we are. We've grown our, our viewership from 2 to 2.2. So, you know, it's uh, it's been a productive year. You know, it's like uh, we're like the little podcast that could just chugga, chugga, chugga in our way through the bottom dregs of uh, podcast listenership. Anyway, I don't even know if, it's, if we're the podcast that could. We're just like the podcast that's there. We're, we're like the podcast rusted to the rails <laughs> is what you're saying. OK, no, I, I believe no. it. That fits us. Uh, all right. Well, this week uh, for our first story back. Um, Zach, do you want to kind of explain the slight change we're making in how we program our stories? You know, I, I was going to, but then I saw the story you chose, and I don't know if I know what we, what decision we made. So, oh, okay, maybe, uh, maybe you can tell us the. the well, the plan is, you know, one of the things that Zach and I have encountered over this year is that there's just so much news that is important all the time, mm. which I guess we always sort of knew. I thought um, you were going to say existential dread. And I was like, yes, right there with you. You've I mean, I don't know so much you. My, dread. my existential dread has been here since I was like, I don't know, old enough to walk. So <laughs> um, I, maybe that's just you. Uh, but um, the, the focus I want to, I think that we're going to sort of look at this year is finding the stories that are still really important, but are also sort of falling among the cracks so not the ones that are getting the constant 24-hour-a-day coverage, but the ones that are just as important as some of what we see in the everyday news cycle, but for whatever reason, command less viewership and less attention from the major news networks. And in that spirit, this week, I've got a story coming to us out of the um, disaster state of Florida, <laughs> um, where just this last week, um, Governor Ron DeSantis introduced a bill aimed at preventing uh, critical race theory from being taught um, in Florida schools on the grounds that it may cause certain groups of students to feel guilt or responsibility for the actions of members of their race or ethnic group. Um, you know, heaven forbid prior. that you have any sort of like uncomfortableness with history mm -hmm. you know i as a history teacher i can tell you mostly what we deal in is the uncomfortable stuff as well as the death and the pestilence and the violence and the inequity that we find across time and space and so as a history teacher in california it's unconscionable to me that you would have laws in place that first of all there was already a law on the books that prevented um, an, edu an education code on the books that prevents the teaching of critical race theory. So that's already not happening. But this is taking Which, a step By the further. way, I just want to say has never been taught in K through 12. Correct. This is a 
college and beyond level, you know, analysis. So these are clearly laws just being put in place by people who are feared and ignorant. Correct. And so, you know, in looking at the language of the law, and let me let me pull it up here. Please do, because that's important. I have a lot of questions about that. Yeah. So um, legislation would prohibit individuals from making people feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress on account of his or her race, color, sex, or national origin. And I think the wording in this is really important. Yeah, I mean, it's worded as though it is, well, it's worded as though it's a progressive law. Like on the surface of it, you don't want people to feel, you know, upset. But for some of us, we need to reckon with the mistakes of what were done in the past instead of ignoring them. Yeah, you can't ignore history because it makes you uncomfortable, which is exactly what this law says. That's not even what critical race theory is. Critical race Mm -hmm. theory is a lens through which we examine the past by seeking out the voices of the non-dominant storyline. So looking for those witnesses who can give us a better indication of what happened because it's closer to them. So much of history has been settled around the idea of, you know, the white settlers coming to the United States and doing what they did. Critical race theory is about preserving the legacies and stories of those times as told by non-white, non-European peoples. It takes a look at how laws have affected race through the history. And a lot of those things that we're still feeling the impact of. I mean, look at redlining, where we still see segregated neighborhoods in, because of it. Um, and so you're basically just saying, well, that makes me uncomfortable, the fact that bad stuff happened and is happening. So I don't want to talk about it. Uh, like, what can we teach? What can we teach if, if it's anything that might make you feel uncomfortable? Right? You're not I, teaching World War II, that's for sure. If I'm right, German, and, that makes me feel uncomfortable. I mean, this is I've been saying this for a year. Education is the battleground of politics that everyone forgets is important. And unfortunately, it holds much more legacy power than I think people give it credit for. Because Republican sure as hell did not forget that education is important. That's why there's been a systemic attempt to reduce public education in this country for the last 40 years. Correct. And so, you know, in California, this is why we're starting to see the push for, and we finally passed a bill for statewide ethnic studies requirements in education. That would be the first time that we really confront this from a CRT perspective and I got to I got to tell you, the state requirements are are pretty lax in terms mm-hmm. of how serious the ethnic studies is taken. Um, there's there's certainly an argument to be made that it's still not going far enough. And so mm-hmm. to see other states in the union start to trot out these laws, um, Florida being sort of the flagship right now for this, um, it's damaging in that we are probably farther apart as educators Mm -hmm. in terms of what we are allowed to teach our students and what's going on in classrooms um, Mm -hmm. than we've been in the time since, I don't know, maybe a hundred years ago. It's incredible. They keep cutting resources, cutting funding, you know, cutting support to, to teachers and expecting them to do more and more with less and less and more and more constraints. 
mm-hmm. uh, and it's on purpose. It really is. It is a conservative effort, and the people who vote and stuff don't even realize that that's what the party they're voting for is doing, and it's sad. Yep, and impactful. Yep. Yep. I mean, look at the change just in our lifetimes, Paul. So, you know, my brother, he's six years older than I am. Mm-hmm. When he went to high school, it was European history. Mm-hmm. By the time we went to high school, it was world history. And world mm-hmm. history was brand new. And uh, was basically still European history. Yeah. I took the AP world history exam. And I think it was only one of the first couple of years that they'd even offered it. Mm-hmm. And there are places in this country that are still teaching European history, mm-hmm. which... Mind you, that's one of seven continents, one of six that are populated. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, education has impact for sure. And, and I, I will slow. say this, even, even when I was in college and preparing to become a teacher, the way that history is segmented in, in the educational path mm-hmm. is it made sense maybe during the Reagan era to separate the classes the way that they're separated now in california there is no ninth grade social science requirement although that is right. likely to be the spot where ethnic studies ends up in social sciences Oof. i think i'd flip that yeah uh, well make that one a little bit later but well i mean i guess any time's a good time to start having that conversation right so then you get world history in either well you get the first part of it in seventh grade when mm-hmm. you don't have the cognitive skills to really pay attention to the important stuff that happens in the middle ages that yeah, shapes the modern world. Anything about world history from seventh grade. Right. And then in 10th grade, you're as a world history teacher faced with the question of, do I recover everything that was covered previously and shortchange myself on modern history? Or do I start later and abandon all the foundational stuff that helps us understand colonization and imperialism Mm-hmm. Um, in the context of it being a legacy of the medieval era. Mm-hmm. Um, and either way, you're, you're SOL because you've got to cover approximately 10,000 years of history mm-hmm. on six populated continents, including from points of view that are not European. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an impossible task to cover in any real meaningful depth. And 100%. so many social sciences teachers still sort of cleave to the European worldview of teaching world history. And so, you know, that's the last time you interact with it because after that it's U S history in, in junior year. And even then you're still sort of starting from part way through unless you're taking an AP or IB course. And even then Mm -hmm. those are spotty. Uh, And then you never take a history class again, unless you have to, or you want year is econ and gov. Exactly. Both mm-hmm. of which are too short as classes. Yeah. Yep. 100%. So it's, it's a situation in which, unlike English or math, where the curriculum, it changes, though very, very slowly. It, it changes so slowly that it's almost a monolithic curriculum, you know, other than reorganization of what parts you teach where. Whereas for history, because it's ongoing, it's it's a living subject. And yeah. so with every passing year, you have less time to cover the things that you have to cover because you have to add another year of history and knowledge. Yeah. I mean, just take a look at, let's do U.S. history, right? One year, one year in high school, U.S. history requirement. 
And that's really from colonization in the 1600s to present day is what it's supposed to be. Right. Now think about that back in the 1950s, you know, you're still, that's 300 years Mm -hmm. of history you're looking at. Mm -hmm. And already now we're adding an additional 70 years onto that. That's 20% more just from when our parents went, went to high school mm-hmm. and you're expected to teach it in the same amount of time, again, with fewer resources and support. And uh, it's, it, it's incredible. Uh, so how the, far did the... you actually get when you were, when you were in your U.S. history class in high school, how far did you actually get? Well, I took AP U.S. history. So we got I to about the end of Reagan first term Clinton. Hey, that's pretty good. I think we yeah. got to Nixon. Yeah. I think that's how far we got. So the general rule in the historiographical community is that you can only really consider something to be history um, when 20 years have passed so that you have enough information to look back and reflect on it, which means that the new end goal uh, compared to where we were in high school, you said Nixon, I said Reagan, Mm -hmm. um, is Bush. Yeah. Bush two, and it's Sep- specifically the war on terror because yep. 20 years ago now is 2002. Yeah. So our, your freshman year of high school. Yeah. Yeah. Is now on my curriculum. That's crazy. Yeah. Now you may have heard that uh-huh. the M&M characters the cartoons are undergoing a redesign correct they're yes. making them more like real real i guess i don't know they're making the them more like normal people okay yeah. uh but tucker carlson is very upset because he no longer finds them <laughs> yes he he thinks that this is part of the liberal woke agenda you know they took the green M&M and they took her out of the sexy boots and they put her into tennis shoes. They took the brown M&M instead of stilettos. She has block heels and us liberals just won't stop until, you know, cartoon characters aren't I guess. I'm sorry. All I can hear is that Tucker Carlson has a cartoon fetish. And so that's he exposed his kink on on national television. Oh my god, that's so like, why would you? There's a hard shell on them, first of all, and secondly, they're anthropomorphized food, they're candy, they're cartoon candy. Oh, don't ever go trick or treating at Tucker Carlson's house, I guess. Oh my god, like how his candy is disgusting, I bet. How, how creepy. I want to stay away from the politics of this. Uh, but I will say, you know, look at our first segment where liberals are upset that Republicans are canceling history, right? And now mm-hmm. look at, compare it to this segment where Republicans are upset because cartoon mascots aren't full enough. Ladies and gentlemen, yet another example of how we just live in a dystopian hellscape brought to you by late stage capitalism. This is the most I've ever felt like I needed a shower after one of our segments. <laughs> okay, folks, that's that's probably going to do it for us. I'm going to get off the air and pretend that the world doesn't get involve all candy. of this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
gross. All right. Well, until next time, folks, we're glad you're back with us. Welcome to season whatever season this is now. We don't uh, do seasons. We're too cool for seasons. We're into we're into year. We're into the the year two, folks, and it's just gonna get weirder <laughs> from here. Tell your friends and please, 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 if you're listening to us and you've been listening to us on iTunes, leave us a like and review. That's the only way we're ever gonna get more listeners. So please, 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 please. Give us uh, a five-star review if you're so nice uh, and uh, a nice little write-up and uh, maybe there'll be something in it for you eventually. Did Hear This is a Radio Nowhere production co-produced by Feels Like Friday Films. Stay tuned for our musical pick of the week. This week, a song from Austin Archer. He's on TikTok at Your Pal Austin. Check him out response when you see children wearing masks as they play should be no different from your response to seeing someone beat a kid in Walmart. Call the police immediately. Have a better tomorrow.